Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing. Did I leave something out again? No, I think you got it. Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was so corny. We're joined by a special guest this week, uh, Dan, famously from uh, the Flophouse podcast, a podcast that... <laughs> I've been listening to since before I've been podcasting. I've been listening to since last week. <laughs> we got both ends of the spectrum. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that you're stretching the definition of famously, but I appreciate it. <laughs> well, to me, like any podcast that I listened to and had never talked to someone from it before, I'm like, oh, man, they're a big podcast. Yeah. And, I feel intimidated, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was definitely the way that like I felt I mean, before I got any sort of like professional job, you know, like I, I, I would watch. Uh, Hi, I'm Dan McCoy. I write for the Daily Show during the day, and I do a podcast. Uh, I uh, <laughs> before I got that job, I was like so in awe of anyone who like did that sort of thing. And then I went there, and like as my co-host Elliot, who was there before me, told me, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> like these people are." These people are, if anything, less functional than most of the people that you meet in day-to-day -day life. So, and I was—it was true. You know, John Stewart was a great man who also wore the same waffle print shirt and khakis every day to the <laughs> office. So, well, I—I uh, I one time went to a uh, a taping of The Price Is Right, and mm -hmm. uh, I, I do some work in in video production and stuff like that. So I, I know kind of what goes on beyond the, behind the scenes. But it was it was funny to be somewhere where you know all this big you know like lights and tv and everything's happening and then you look at the crew and it's like running shorts and tank tops and like backwards baseball hats <laughs> and stuff and like yeah this is their everyday job and they're pretty blue collar about yeah. this <laughs> and they could not care less they uh i mean that's the funny thing is i think that um consistently at the show the thing i've noticed is that if anything, the talent is drawn to the crew much more than they are to anyone who works on the writing staff because they're right. like, okay, these people do not care who I am at all. <laughs> right. So I can have like a real relationship with them. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So anyways, we'll, yeah. we'll get into your backstory more after we do uh, this first ad. We've got a guitar ad to talk about here because that's what mm -hmm. we do on this podcast sometimes. Uh, anyways, this was uh, sent to us by Brian Dean. Yep. This is a, a custom build, apparently, that this seller uh, had made for a cost of 1,250 pounds. It's a very good guitar. It's a brand new guitar. Sounds amazing. Looks incredible. Jumbo frets. Absolutely great neck. Sounds incredible. Pickup combination is great. Something Telecaster. I, you don't have to read the whole thing. Just I read the interesting bits. I don't care about. There's no, okay. Uh, <laughs> the neck is stuff. Some other parts. They actually do not. Oh, I don't. Do they even mention this paint job? At no. All? At no point in the description do they mention, you know, the contents of the paint job. Just that it has a paint job. The interesting parts are that the body of the guitar is made out of a 150-year-old piece of church pew. Yeah. Oh, the, so the one thing that they do mention sort of referencing, so what you're looking at here is a Tin Tin Telecaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they do mention that they had to move the location of the knobs so it didn't cover the dog. Does, it, <laughs> does the dog have a name? Yeah. I. Well, it, the dog does have a name. The dog has a name. It's called the dog is Snowy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, you know, I poured over this ad looking for clues <laughs> to to what the situation might be. Because here's the thing: the guy says he's selling this guitar because they're moving. Uh, they need to downsize, but also this guitar is supposedly this is a custom made guitar that is brand new right yeah. so this is a this is a very confusing scenario to me because like my first thought was okay well there's something tragic going on here because no <laughs> one orders a custom 1010 guitar right made out of old church pew wood and then sells it new because they're moving but then on the other hand they don't know that the dog's name is Snowy. So who orders this <laughs> guitar without knowing 
Right. One of the major Tintin characters' names. No, it's it's totally bizarre. And and really, in reality, all that fluff, all that stuff that they wrote is just code for, oh, I don't actually like it and I want to get rid of it. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's probably, you know, it is custom, but it sounded like the neck is uh, a parts neck that yeah. they had their luthier friend refret. Um, mm-hmm. But... It, Oftentimes with these parts guitars, they just don't actually feel that great. They don't actually play that great because they're a one-off. And, you know, it actually turns out that factory produced things in this case, like, represent a, you know, more consistent result. I mean, there's there's high-end right. builders out there that make really great one-off stuff, but I don't think that's the case here. I just think it's wild that... To, to me, the most interesting part of it is that it's made out of a 150-year-old piece of church pew, but it's, yeah. com- it's completely covered up by this painting, and that the art is... Well, you do, Go you ahead. do get a bit of texture, though. Like, if you look at where the, the light is hitting it, you see it's got those cracks in it, and I don't know whether... That, like, I assume that that's because of the church pew. It makes yeah. it look like... You know, sort of an old Renaissance painting or or whatever, right. where the oil paint itself has started to crack and, a bit. And you can see on the back, there's some kind of uh, shape in here that looks like maybe that's where like the armrest was going into the wood or something like that. And they left mm. that. You can tell that it's a high character piece of wood that's been painted over. And yeah, you know, if this guy loves Ten Ten, why isn't there more about that in the ad <laughs> description? <laughs> and if he loves 1010 that much, why would you cover up something that sounds like a really cool piece of wood that probably would have looked really neat left in yeah. a fairly raw state? The fact that the ad doesn't talk about the art is, at all is is baffling <laughs> to me because the art's actually really good. This is yeah. so, so 1010's a I know they've made a weird 3D movie thing, right? Yeah. But it's a comic. Yes, yeah, so it, it a comic book? It's like a hundred year old comic book. It's a book. Belgian yeah, it's Here a Belgian go. comic. It's by an artist named Herge, who uh you know has a very clean line style that you see here. And it's about a boy reporter who is sort of a globe trotting solver of, of mysteries and writer of wrongs. There's a lot of, as you might expect, uh, uh because it's a comic of the period that is globetrotting a lot of weird racial stuff that doesn't necessarily hold up (laughs) right right great today but it's a it's a you know it's a it's a good comic if you if you are able to look past that and you know i liked the movie quite a bit it's just yeah it's very weird like something does not add up about the story and i feel like we (laughs) also the the price is absolutely bonkers. This, well, what this guitar yeah. is for is this guitar is for somebody to try to sell at a Comic Con. Ah. They're looking for that very mm. specific lumber sexual <laughs> to sell it to. <laughs> yeah, are you lumber sexual and also love ten ten? The Venn diagram is very tight on this one. It's like it, the Venn diagram <laughs> is the dude who commissioned this and like three other people who probably aren't at Comic Con. <laughs> So Dan, yeah. are are you fami- are you pretty familiar with Ten Ten outside of the recent movie? Uh, I wouldn't say I. You know, we after I saw the movie, I got curious about Ten Ten. I picked up a few old books. I enjoyed them. I didn't continue reading them because I got the impression like, okay, they're all probably pretty much like what I read. Right. Right. And, I didn't love it so much that I, I just needed to keep going. But I, I will admit, I know more about Tintin probably than I do about uh, the ins and outs of like the structure and electronics that go into a guitar. Because sure, you know, I, <laughs> you invited me to be on the show because you found out that I play guitar and I, I do, but but not well. I plateaued. <laughs> I plateaued at, like, pretty good strumming. Like, I'm not someone who would embarrass you if they took out a guitar at a a party. But I also uh, don't really understand any theory beyond, like, oh, if I move bar chords around the same structures, 
you know, apply right. at different points in the next. I mean, that's about as far it as I ever like, got. So. I, feel, I feel very seen right now. <laughs> oh, yeah? No, we're, we're, uh, we're admittedly not amazing guitarists over here. I, you know, I hit you up because I watched your, I, well, I heard you on your podcast mention that you played uh, the Monster Mash in a video, and I went and looked yes. it up, and like, there he is playing the Monster Mash, and it sounded fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now, did he Thank you. I, I recently got a new guitar that um, I had been playing on the same time. old acoustic since I was 17. And here in quarantine, I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll get something new finally. And I got a uh, a new porter, a Fender new porter, uh, acoustic electric, electric. And it really makes such a crazy difference what the action is like. Because <laughs> I had this old <laughs> guitar that... You know, it's it's a, it sounds good because the wood is old. It sounds nice, but the action is so painful. Yeah, yeah. What was the uh, what was the make of your first guitar of your previous guitar? Uh, it's a Yamaha. Mm. Yeah, it's just it was a good guitar, but yeah. uh, but it's a lot more fun. I think. I mean, it might just be the newness. I don't know, but also, I mean, the there's... fact that I'm not inflicting pain on my fingers when I oh, absolutely. There's something about that though, like having something new and exciting but i i do got to say mm -hmm. those uh those fender newporters are pretty i love anytime there's like the matching headstock thing and they do that yeah. on there and it's pretty great looking uh so anyways back to 1010 <laughs> sure <laughs> um yeah i didn't it sounds like you know slightly more about 1010 than i do I literally just mm. I watched the movie and I thought I had like a vague idea of what the character was. I assumed Ten Ten was like a child, and then starting into the movie, I was like, "No, I think this is like a young adult." And it's, it's yeah. like looking him up. It, it sounds like he could be anywhere between like fifteen and twenty-two. It's kind of ambiguous, but it's a much mm. more mature character. Then I realized, like, he, he handles guns and stuff. He goes around shooting at people. <laughs> yeah, but you got to understand, in the old days, everyone had a gun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. All the, you, you look at, all the you look at old guns. Mickey Mouse cartoons, and Mickey is, like, pulling a gun on Peg Leg Pete. And right, right. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, there's a bunch of old Looney Tunes cartoons where, like, Daffy Duck commit suicide over and over again and stuff like that <laughs> yeah uh but I, i'm just noticing you know you're talking about this and now you're describing a orange-haired fellow who, oh, has, here we go. who has a white creature following him around that probably oh. responds very much to a dog whistle oh my gosh here we go <laughs> <laughs> satire <laughs> we're going there no, i like it <laughs> all right i'm, I'm done we're we're back but we're my, back my my you know wonder on this character is like do we because i always assumed like oh this is like a johnny quest type character like this is a really young right. adventurer who's you know generally an innocent who finds himself in you know dangerous situations and it's he's really it seems like he's more of a full-on indiana jones type character like he's in the thick of it he is like he's involved in you know the action in a different way than you'd expect like a, a child detective to be like he's a young adult detective I, I think that that's true to some degree like if you i i remember coming out of the tintin movie that uh steven spielberg directed and thinking like oh well that's a better indiana jones movie than the last indiana jones movie <laughs> right <he made. laughs> but at the same time i do think that he like he has a little bit of that kid like oh yeah he doesn't have a lot of personality beyond being kind of that uh that boy scout archetype of like you know he just needs to get to the heart of the story yeah so my my wonder in that direction my thought is uh, you know, he's not really a familiar character too much in the States, but what if Tintin is considered more of like a badass character across the pond? And like, this mm. is, this is more of a statement to put him on a guitar. Like, oh, here he is. Motherfucking <laughs> Tintin. Really <laughs> 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 the, the boy with the I mean... gun. <laughs> The young assassin tend I mean, to look at his hair, I guess. Yeah, maybe he's, he's got this like he's he's got this whole like John Wick vibe on this guitar. Like he's walking around like yeah, he's he's ready to enact some revenge on someone in a shipyard. I, it's too. a it's a beautiful guitar. I have to say I did read it wondering, but does it sound good? And it sounds like from what you were saying, 
it probably so much as you seem to know more about this like it, it, probably, it probably doesn't it probably sounds like every other electric guitar <laughs> yeah it, it's got it's got a bunch of parts the parts are they're replacement level parts you know right. they're they're, they're mm. nothing to they're nothing special they're no, not, yeah, the, they're not the, fancy. The pickups list was like, oh yeah, you just had stuff laying around. Like yeah. none of it. Like one of the pickups yeah. is from an Epiphone, which is a, a budget line uh, underneath the Gibson no, they're, brand. They're all. I'm pretty sure they're all budget. Now uh, I feel very insulted because that is the electric guitar I have. You have a Gibson Epiphone. Oh, you have an Epiphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. We uh, we love budget yeah. stuff around here. I've, I'm a big fan of yeah. uh, of Squire, which is Fender's uh, sub brand. I mean, honestly, at the level I play guitar, anything else would be a waste. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, and, like anything else would me be like I would be like the rich guy in a movie who, who's like, you know, like driving a fancy car, and Vin Diesel's mad at him because <laughs> you know I'm doing it wrong. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, so what do you think, Steve? What do you think the price should be on this, and then we'll move on to the rest of the show. It's in pounds, though. We don't really know, you know. So he paid like he international says he, he weights. Says he paid like twelve fifty on this, right? Well, yeah, yeah, that's what you're going to do when you hire someone to build something. Which is like, which I want to say is like nearing two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah probably, which I, I just so. can't. Like, I, I maybe I, I can't. I guess maybe like the body is old wood and it's a refin, and so you're kind of. I, I just can't get to that number because it's parts like it's just got to be the price of any parts guitar like my my gut says nothing over 350 american yeah i was gonna go maybe a little higher because the quality of the the art looks it but looks if cool. you're selling it on quality of the art, art then you're selling it to an art collector sure well you're selling not a guitar it, collector you're selling it to the venn diagram right right which you know that person doesn't exist <laughs> So do you think it's possible that this guy um, has made up his luthier and that this is a guitar that, that he has made? It's possible. For, it's totally for sale? Possible. Like it's a flashy looking guitar that he made out of parts? Well, what, part of my thought uh, was he didn't name the luthier, which means it's if it's not him, it's already nobody. So mm, it's like if it, was, right. if it was someone worth you know collecting, then he would name that person. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I suspect his luthier is just his local guitar tech, which is fine. Right. Which is totally fine, but it's it's not like it's going to carry any provenance and be like, oh, hey, here's you know the collector's piece you've been looking for or whatever, or here's the thing that you know is built to a certain quality. It's, it's built by someone no one knows to the point that he doesn't even mention them. So it's like the build of it doesn't even matter. It really just becomes a matter of a collection of parts at a certain point. And yeah, it, there's just that's that's a problem when you go custom, especially this custom, is that you really limit the resale value of it. And you know, if he, you know, if if this is everything that a, that individual person loves in a guitar, again, going back to what you were saying in the beginning, why is he selling it? Like, mm -hmm. just because he's moving, it doesn't make any sense. He's, so I, my my guess is he got this guitar. And he's moving because whoever he lives, like, basically either he's moving, he's not moving, he's being evicted. Okay. And, and he needs to sell <laughs> this guitar to afford the next place that he will live. No, honestly, I didn't, I did not want to get into the probable tragedy that underlies <laughs> this ad. Well, I think but I agree with you. There's some sort of financial difficulty that is motivating this. Or... He's a criminal who's stolen this guitar, and he needs to unload it. He needs to unload it before a small child detective finds him. Yes, he's a he's a criminal who stole this guitar. Knows not the name of the dog, but somehow knows knows the brand of all of the parts in the guitar. Yeah. Well, a, a, a thief can and steal the guitar. And is trying to fence it on eBay. <laughs> that yeah, that old grift. A very distinctive guitar. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so now we can talk more about you. Now that we got that out of the way, uh, so how, how did you get started in guitar? When did you start? Like, what's your whole story? Uh, there was a guitar that 
uh, existed in <laughs> we we had this uh big closet above our stairs in uh my house growing up uh, in central illinois and it had kind of a long it like it went really deep because it was above these stairs and i had this long upper shelf and and i found a guitar back there like mostly it was just hats were up there but right. also there was a guitar but you were looking for the I hats yeah. Well, it's just been sitting there. Like, I'd seen it, but no one, like, I don't know whose it was. I guess it was my dad's. Um, no one seemed to ever touch it. The strings were God knows how old and dead. Um, I took it down. I um, I got it. I, I'm sure it was wildly out of tune, but, you know, close enough that yeah, I didn't notice at that point in my guitar playing career um <laughs> and i had seen guitar uh diagrams above like my parents had you know piano music lying around mm. with the with the the chord diagrams above it and i suddenly you know without anyone telling me how these things work had a flash of intuition oh those have to match up to fingering positions mm. on a guitar. Like that's what that is. Like nice. I can figure this out. Um, and so just based, like based on that, I took this old guitar down. I played a lot on it. Um, just, you know, playing through whatever my parents had around the house in terms of sheet music, which was, I'm sure mostly, uh, 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 show tunes nice. for Broadway shows and uh, my folks noticed that I kept playing on this old terrible guitar with dead strings out of tune and on my 17th birthday they got me a used guitar which you know I'm sure they got for like 150 bucks somewhere and uh, and I played that and I like I said earlier, I banged away at it. I learned a lot of chords. There's still a bunch of <laughs> I I I call them jazz chords because <laughs> that is my way of shooing them away from my life. Like they're these chords that I um don't really bother with a lot of the time. I like I will be at ultimate guitar tabs and I'll be like no, 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 my friend. Like, they have all the different, like, versions of the right, right. chord that you can scroll through. I'm like, why did you give me this one first when there's, a, <laughs> a, like, a power chord version of this exactly. down the line? You know, like, that's where I am as a guitar player. <laughs> I never learned, like, scales or whatnot. But I, I'm okay at rhythm. I thought you did great on the Monster Mash. And I'm, you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm, I don't want to call myself a connoisseur, but I'm a, a longtime lover of the Monster Mash. <laughs> <laughs> actually uh i was having this i was thinking about it earlier today and the monster mash is the one and only song that i tried to call into a radio station to request when i was a child <laughs> oh my and that that experience with the radio station uh made me realize how awful radio stations are and request lines <laughs> aren't like actually a thing did you like request it in february <laughs> yeah that's the uh, I yeah. might have. I might have. It's like, uh, oh, hey, it's uh, December 24th here, and we're doing 24-hour yeah. Christmas music. <laughs> Hi, this is Ryan Burke. I want to hear the Monster Mash. Burke, could you guys play the Monster Mash, please? <laughs> that is one of my favorite Simpsons gags, though, when they... The one uh, DJ accidentally plays the Monster Mash on Valentine's Day <laughs> at the beginning of the episode, and then he does it again at the end on President's Day. <laughs> you know, it works. It works for all holidays. But uh, I'm going to play it at Thanksgiving coming up for sure. Uh, you know, what you're talking about, like like figuring out what chords work for you and which chords you just don't want to deal with at the yeah. time, Like that's, that's what we all do. Like. <laughs> like, I, I was just like I got sent a magazine. I was looking through it, and at the at the back of it, it was like, "Oh, check out uh, John Lennon's chords, like the chords John <laughs> Lennon used to use." And I was looking at it. It's like he just left stuff out. Like he just didn't want to play yeah. the full thing. Like, and you know, that's how you land on, you know, your own style, your own way of doing things, your own sound, or whatever. It's just not wanting to do the thing that feels bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's certain contortions that I just don't want my hand to do. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> it does, it does 
my uh, girlfriend Audrey is a beautiful singer and she loves to sing and we haven't been able obviously no one has who knows if it'll ever come back again we haven't been able to do karaoke which we both mm. love to do together so once i got this guitar you know she'll want to sing with me and her references for songs are different than my references to songs so she'll call out things that like i kind of have to know and then i'll look at <laughs> and i'll look at the chords involved and i'm like oh god <laughs> not only do i not know <laughs> well what the rhythm i'm trying i'm aiming at is <laughs> versus the the lyrics i have to deal with these um yeah like many times i'm like can we not do this right one? right like i don't understand what a diminished chord is and i don't understand why this one's diminished four times can we please do something <laughs> else <laughs> that's where you just gotta get, go fall back on the old uh was it like the old um I'm gonna use words. Yes, you are. It's like a one, the one, the one six five four pattern or whatever, where you're just like, oh, this is no, uh, this is Wonderwall. I mean, no, oh, you don't know Wonderwall. I mean, this is Boulevard of Broken Dreams. I mean, oh no, this is uh, this is Story of a Girl. Like yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's three hundred different pop songs. It's the same chord pattern with slightly different rhythmic variations. <laughs> yeah. So once uh once you Did got. You uh, yourself uh, a functioning guitar from your parents like what kind of music did you gravitate towards like what what did you want to play uh geez i mean like the the thing is when i grew up my parents listened to public radio most of the time they would just put on whatever classical music was on the radio they had a bunch of lps and they were mostly um like older pleasant jazz like oscar peterson or dave brubeck and then a bunch of show tunes so it's not like like pop music i came to through my brothers and i came to it late um and it took me a while to figure out what i liked like i am not a particular pink floyd person although now that i'm in quarantine and i've been having more pot to calm myself down I suddenly find myself understanding it, but like <laughs> my first, one of my first songs I learned to play was Wish You Were Here because kind of the opening fill is easy enough mm -hmm. to figure out and then you feel cool because you're not just playing a chord, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, I just, I will look up whatever it is that I like and see what the intersection is between what I like and what I can play and what sounds good when I play it. Like, and it can be something like, uh, your love by the outfield, which is like, I, I think I, I can nail pretty well or something sort of unexpected. Like I like to play, hold on, hold on, hold on by Nico, Nico case. And, um, you know, kind of maybe an unusual choice for, bearded 42 year old me but uh <laughs> i really have a lot of fun you know playing I, it. anything you do as a bearded 42 year old and bearded middle-aged man is weird to someone is what i've discovered mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah no i just i walk through my day every day being like please don't let me be creepy somehow <laughs> i just don't want to do it i'm not trying <laughs> i'm only two years behind you and i've i've been in that territory for a while <laughs> like everything i do now is just like a weird middle-aged man thing it's like none of, yes. none of this is cool none of this makes sense like but i'm just well, it's kind of freeing it's kind of like i just do it because it's what i want to do well it's like at, at best it at best it is freeing at mm -hmm. best it is me walking down the hall with my pot belly nude but wearing like slippers you know and not caring that i look like such a doofus but at worst it is like i don't know i don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable accidentally like i, I just don't want to do something wrong right, right i want everyone to be happy uh my experience so far in all this pandemic stuff uh it sounds like you're a bit uh, uh, introverted and i i tend to be uh i I honestly hope certain things never go back. I've been loving grocery <laughs> stores. I've been loving 
like everyone's six feet apart. I've been loving like the fact that people almost don't even make eye contact anymore. And it's it's a lot better yeah. for me going out most of the time. <laughs> See, I, I mean, it. my day-to-day life, if people, if movie theaters were open and people weren't dying, yeah, this would be like a paradise. Right. <laughs> F- finally, people are giving us space, you know? Okay, what's your take, Steve? Yeah. I was just saying, like, I'm in this awkward space where, like, I'm an antisocial extrovert. So I love mm. not having to really acknowledge, <laughs> acknowledge people in the grocery store, but also I'm like... It's it's where you is, wish you could talk every, to the, you wish everybody you wish you could talk to them about baseball <laughs> loudly. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the sports season was just like weird this year. So weird. I have no idea. I know. Ryan has a fantasy high diving team. So. That's a, an actual joke. Like I don't actually have that. <laughs> no, it's just it's it's been a it's been a weird year, and it's weird that you know it's trying to plan. Trying to think, I like to even think about like going out of town. It's like, what are the logistics for this? Can I yeah. go? Can I go to an Airbnb? Did they bleach everything yeah. after the last person stayed here? I mean, yeah. I had that issue. I, I, as a New Yorker, haven't driven in a serious way for nigh on seventeen years now. Like, mm-hmm. and I was a pretty good driver before, but that skill has just gone out of my repertoire like i haven't had to use it and even, and even so, if you did you'd be driving sorry? the way people drove 17 years ago you're not up on the the hottest new driving fads <laughs> yeah the new trends in driving <laughs> with um i don't know tire warmers <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's, even a... it's all about knowing how to drive while texting now so yeah if you don't have that oh, skill okay. you're yeah, not yeah. going to cut it yeah but like i i just we we wanted to go upstate. We wanted to take a little time out of the city for the, like we did this uh, a month ago, the first time since March there were anywhere other than Brooklyn. And we had to get our friends. We're like, okay, we are going to form a pod. We, we trust you. You guys are as obsessed with health as we are in terms of like the, the pandemic, not in general health. I, right, I'm right. terrible with that. I eat whatever, drink whatever, but, um, but with the pandemic, <laughs> so we formed our pod and like let them drive us up upstate. But like it takes so much planning. Like you have yeah. to figure out what you're willing to risk all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. We've we, I've got young kids. Steve has young kids, and like yeah. dealing with all that is crazy. Uh, guitar stuff again. <laughs> Going back mm. to guitar stuff. Uh, what was your what was your shopping uh, situation like when you started looking at the Newport? Because it sounds like you've been kind of a one guitar guy for a long time, and then pandemic hits, and you're like, I I want something fresh. Like, how did how did you yeah. go about that? Was it all online, or did you have any idea I what did, you were looking for? Well, I did. I I do have. Like I said, I had it all an acoustic, and then about. Uh, maybe eight or nine years ago, I bought an electric guitar, but I rarely play it just because, you know, I'm in an apartment. I don't want anyone to be annoyed at me. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I know I can, I know I can play it with like headphones on, but that feels weird. It doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. Like, I don't know. So that's for some, I don't know, imagined future where I have a garage, I guess, but as to the new one, I just, I, this is true. I just had a dream one day that I bought a new guitar and I woke up and I was like, well, just for fun, let's look at what guitars exist in the world. <laughs> like, okay, I had this dream. Let's just look. And, I mean, it's a uh, dream, right? Let's might as well explore it. Yeah. I, and I, I, I didn't give it like several days of research or anything, but I did go through several sort of articles I found from guitar sources being like, okay, well, what are the top uh, acoustic electric guitars in different price ranges? And, you know, ultimately I just sort of liked the look of the new Porter and what was being said about it. I didn't think I needed something that was genuinely expensive or something i just uh 
you know, I got something pretty good, something mid-range that was like, you know, I thought I would be happy with, and I and I, I like it a lot. Yeah, oh, it's definitely one of those guitars where like you can decorate your house with it when you're not playing it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty. It's, there is it like red metallic? I haven't seen them in person yet. Yeah, I have the red one. Yeah, yeah. That'll look nice laying around the house when you're not playing it. Like you know, that's. <laughs> they're, 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 they're not just like instruments where you have to dedicate your life to playing them. They're also, you know, pretty objects that you can leave around and stuff like that. So it's true. There's it's nothing true. wrong with, with shopping with your eyes, is what I say. Yeah. It is amazing. We talked about the action before. It is amazing what action can do and also what distortion can do for improving <laughs> your playing. Yeah. Or hiding your plan. Like some, you're like, I am really good at this. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a big fuzz user, and fuzz is like the most extreme distortion you can you can do yeah. basically. And it just it hides everything. It's beautiful. It's like oh, no one can hear the bad stuff I'm doing now. <laughs> it's just a wall of static. It's like you get the general idea yeah, of what's yeah. going on. See, I'm playing something. See, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, Steve, we totally forgot to do our first sponsors. So should we just bang them all out right now? Just bang it out. All right. We're going to do our sponsor spot, uh, make some money. Uh, what's the one for, you want to do first? Let's do Chase Bliss. All right. Chase Bliss first. This first uh, sponsor spot is Chase Bliss Audio. Uh, Chase your bliss with Chase Bliss Audio. I don't know why I said it like that. Neither do I. The digital brain and analog heart. You know what? I, I, Let's talk about is, the new this thing. This is an ad spot. They just uh, released 1,000 units of the Bliss Factory. It's a collaboration between... Uh, Chase Bliss Audio and Zvex, so it's like we're doing a freebie for Zvex here. There you go, Zach. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Um, but they did the Bliss Factory. It's a Chase Bliss take, basically on the classic Zvex Fuzz Factory, and it sold out in like in, two minutes. In like two minutes, and I, I, it, but it stuck around long enough that I saw it online, and I went four hundred dollars. That's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, I was like. The freaking Fuzz Factory by itself is three, like three hundred and thirty dollars or whatever, like three hundred dollars. I'm like, why did I not buy this? <laughs> why? Because I'm an idiot. You didn't. That's why you didn't buy it because everyone else bought three of them and now they're scalping <laughs> them. But anyways, yeah, uh, Joel might make another run of these things. They look wild. The Fuzz Factory is one of the most famous fuzzes on the planet. Yeah, and uh, it's badly needed presets. For his entire life, and if I know Chase Bliss, it's packed full of presets now. Go check out all the other stuff they have on their site, though, too. They've go got go t- follow Chase Bliss on every social media thing, so if this thing becomes available again, you can snatch You'll it know right away. in the first three minutes, and then it'll be gone again. Yeah. Our next sponsor is Big Ear Pedals. Yeah, Big Ear Pedals. They make something Ryan's going to grab right now. Are you going to grab the Albi? I'm going to grab the Albi. Ryan's grabbing the Albi. The Albi is a uh, multi, multi effect. I don't. I, I never know what to say. It's well, a multi effect, but it's Albi... like a preset multi effect. But unlike you know, you buy your Line Six Spider, right? I'm right. going to say this. this yeah, is yeah, not, right. You can buy your Line Six Spider. All of those settings, they have all these preset settings. They're all trash. <laughs> the difference between the Line Six Spider and this pedal is all of these presets were like Grant actually knew what he was doing. Here's how I describe it. This is a curated multi-effect pedal the multi-effects are already dialed in there's one selector knob to select between eight different presets right there and then one knob just to turn the mix up and down there's no fudging around with deep dives into sub menus and trying to make it sound just right you let grant wilson over at bigger pedals figure all that out for you it's simple it's easy it'll get you new wave sounds really really quick it's cool. It's the Albi. Go check it out. So huge thanks to Chase Bliss Audio and Big Ear Pedals for once again sponsoring the episode. And uh, that's how you make money on a guitar podcast. <laughs> that and Patreon. That and Patreon. We'll yes. do that later. Uh, <laughs> so uh, then the next just kind of general, like I haven't spent enough time thinking about this, but you're, uh, you're a movie podcast guy, Dan. I don't know yeah. if you know that. Um, <laughs> that's true. So I thought it would be fun to talk about like favorite, least favorite, notable kind of like music movies. Like, what do you think of when you think of like oh boy, a good or bad music movie? 
Oh, dear. I mean, like, I at the risk of angering my co-host, Stuart, who believes that I talk about this movie every week, um, I mean, my favorite concert movie is Stop Making Sense uh, mm. because my favorite band is Talking Heads. Uh, and American Utopia, which came out uh, on HBM Max recently, also excellent. Um, I heard about both of know, these things this past week. What? Sorry? I heard about both of these things this past week while listening to your show. <laughs> So Stuart may have a point. Well, <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up the castle creep. <laughs> I just saw it recently. I, I, um, I you know, uh, I I like movies though. I mean, outside of concert films, I like movies that sort of show the the joy of making music, mm. like the both. The reasons people do it that aren't strictly speaking musical, like right. like status or uh, trying to attract people that you want to attract, like that stuff, and then also the way that they come maybe to enjoy the music for its own sake, something like the commitments or Sing Street, like that mm. are very kind of the joy of. You know, being in a band, which is something that I've yeah. uh, never experienced. I've just <laughs> played in my home. But, have, you ever, um, have you ever wanted? Like to play, I, I, have you ever wanted to play sorry, in a band no. or play with other musicians in that sort of way? You know, I I have. I think it would be fun. I I've the problem is like I am not good enough to jam. I can't do that. And the people who want to jam with me are usually even worse than I am. <laughs> so, I have played, like, there have been times when I've played with people who are um, better than me, who know how to make me look good, which is excellent. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 I am divorced, but at my wedding, uh, people in her family played music and i played music with them and they were all talented enough that i felt great right right like it's 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 a rush when like, <laughs> you're playing with people who know what they're doing oh totally i i mean it's, it's similar to i when i came to new york trying to do comedy i did improv with a bunch of people who were also trying to sort of come up in comedy and we're all like so like in our head about it and worried and it wasn't funny because we're all trying so hard to be funny. And then um, after I got a job in comedy, there was a show at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, which is, you know, dearly departed from COVID as mm -hmm. many things are. But I uh, there was a show where uh, Daily Show people did improv with one another and even though I hadn't done it steadily for years and years and years, I was so much better and I had so much more fun because it was this case where I'm like, I know that everyone around me, whether or not they're trained in improv is funny. Like, I know right. they're all funny. I trust them to have my back and I can just get up there and mess around and like, yeah. and I think that that's the beauty of like music too like if you if you absolutely have that. yeah uh and my my mind just went blank on that one you got anything steve uh. no <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'm just trying to think about like kind of that intersection of like i i i always get in situations where if i'm playing with someone who's like or playing with a group of musicians who's better than me i'll be like oh man this is really cool this is a lot of fun and I'll be in that space for about a minute and then I'll start to zone out and then I catch myself and start like getting really anxious. Like, Oh God, they're all so good. I will. I got to focus. I got to yeah. focus. I gotta... Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about the, uh, this is why my mind went blank. I was thinking about my, my band that barely exists anymore. Uh, but I'm, I'm technically like the, the leader of the band, technically like the songwriter and like the concept guy behind it, easily the least talented guy in the band. And the rest of the band 100% carries me through a set when we play. Like, I'm <laughs> just this sloppy mess, but the bassist is just, like, precision tight. 
uh, my rhythm guitarist is has yeah. a musical mind like I'll never have, and the you know whoever happens to be drumming like drummers are just completely <laughs> under uh, appreciated because they are like surgeons themselves in the way they they hold a band together, and they all exist so that I can just slop my nonsense <laughs> on top of it, you know. <laughs> uh, but going, I mean, like that's go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I, that's like. I mean, it depends on what you do it for, too, because, like, I, knowing that I'm never going to be, like, truly good at it, I just do it for my own, like, oh, sure. personal joy. Uh, now that Audrey has been, like, singing with me, she's a great singer, as I said before, and she wants to, like, like practice it and hone it. And, like, she points out that, like that my tempo is off she'll be like all right can't you hear that like you're like it is changing like like she like does a metronome for me i'm like okay yeah 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 um and in my mind i'm just like hey man i'm just doing this for fun (laughs) but like you want me to practice (laughs) but it's true like i mean she's right you know I, i i wonder if i had actual like a drummer behind me who I could hear would keep me going. But like, I'm, I'm so used to just doing it as a way that I can like sing alone in a room. And if I want to change the tempo, I can, because it's, I'm feeling my own thing. But if you actually put it to a metronome, I'm all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, I think that's more guitarists than you realize. I think you probably Mm -hmm. represent the vast majority of guitarists throughout history in the world right now. Like that's where most of us live in this, like, yeah, I, I play cause I'd like to do it. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's my fun, but you know, I, I've not, you know, trained or anything like that. And I, I think that's something yeah. that's beautiful about the instrument that it is so accessible to so many people. And it can be such a casual accessible thing especially like you know in in the going back to the guitar you just bought especially like in the price range there's so many guitars out there that are just so affordable now you don't have to take out a loan to you know buy a harp or something like that you know or like have a a billionaire in your life who you know hires you to play the you know the uh the violin that he invested in or something like it (laughs) it is a common instrument and it can be for everyone and i i don't think there's any reason to feel like awkward or like oh i'm not very good or whatever like, you play guitar and you do it for fun that's beautiful you know yeah no it is i one, i one reason i'm glad that i picked it back up in quarantine is uh i have always found i'm a i'm a moody person i get frustrated easily i get down like i might get anxious i have discovered that it is one of those things that is is both focused and and automatic Hmm. that allows you to like turn your brain off a little i get the same feeling when i'm drawing and is you know if you're not gonna meditate it's the it's the next best thing in terms of like improving my mood you know if i feel down i can bring it out play for 30 minutes and i'll feel better Hmm. Going back to uh, to the movies thing, you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I think v- you were. I think you were vaguely talking about like, like a good music movie makes you want to go play music, sort of thing, or it makes you want to yeah uh, go out and experience it to a certain level. Am I remembering that right? It was a while ago we were on that. I mean, I, I'm not <laughs> sure if I said that, but I agree with it. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I, I've been sitting here thinking about it since whatever whatever you said that triggered that in my head and like i think there's there's a lot to that like it's kind of like it's kind of like video game movies or like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of video game movies that are just like oh here's the movie version of you know a video game and it's just kind of like ah yeah i played the video game and this is kind of it like the the successful video game movies that actually mean things to people aren't actually about a specific video game it's about like the experience that you have playing the video game and, and kind of like the immersive world. Like, like Tron is like a really successful at, at, at being a video game movie without being like, oh, here's a video game. And I think 
music movies are kind of the same thing where it's like it doesn't have to be about a band it doesn't have to be about specific music but if it reminds you of the experience of playing music and kind of that that magical moment you get when you're playing with other people or you know basically like you were just describing like meditating while you're playing like it's the thing that 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 you do for your happiness like i think that is like an a powerful element to a music movie. Yeah, I think that I yeah, I think that off of what you're saying, the ones that I respond to are ones that focus on either the pro the like literal process of what is happening, like the are very process focused about like what music is, what playing together is, mm -hmm. or are very focused on like the emotion of playing music. Um, because like I, uh, oh geez, it's flown right out of my brain. Um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, uh, I remember uh, Audrey showed me pen 15, like a scene from it. Cause she knew that I did a lot of like theater in high school and college. And there's a lot of theater stuff in the, in the second season of this show. And she showed me some of it and she kept asking me, like, is this what it was like? Is this what it was like? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Like, this is heightened. It's crazy. It is the comedy version of it, but this is what it's like. Yes, there was this division between the actors and the tech people, and this is what it was like to do a cue to cue, like, rehearsal. And, like, you were annoyed that you didn't get to act, and they were annoyed because they just wanted to do their text. Like, this, like, it was all evocative of that. And I liked it because it was process. And I think also. You know, you can tell if a movie that is a music movie is made by someone who has done anything with music mm -hmm. rather or whether it's just sort of a screenplay writer, a screenwriter who is like, I want to write a music movie. Right. right. And doesn't really, you know, as a lazy writer myself, I understand how it is. You just <laughs> like think about like what it might be like and then you write it rather than knowing which is the important thing right i feel like you're describing uh rock star right now where it's <laughs> 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 like the uh you know the vh1 viewers idea of what a music movie right. should be <laughs> well, one that I think so. that always pops out in my head and steve and i are, are big fans uh like i i think that bill and ted really captures like the heart and soul of what a lot of like young musicians go through, uh, especially the, the first movie where it's like two guys in a garage that just objectively <laughs> suck. Like they're awful, but yeah. that experience of being loud and being together has put like humongous stars in their eyes and like, Oh, we're going to make a music video for Eddie Van Halen. And then they find out, oh, we're going to, you know, save the future, save the world and align the planets. And like <laughs> that experience, even though it's, you know, blown up to be something pretty comical and pretty kind of out there. I think that's what a lot of people go through when they start playing music and it like clicks for them. Like that feeling of like, I'm on the edge of greatness and it doesn't matter that I suck now because right. I, yeah. I know where I'm going to end up. Like, I think there's something so warm and like spiritually powerful about the heart and soul of those movies just in that kind of common thread going through them so and you, you know i can certainly sympathize with their um desire to be rock stars without actually right practicing <laughs> <laughs> another one uh that that's popping in my head now like i love the band scenes from uh, Miami Connection. <laughs> have you seen Miami I, Connection? I've seen Miami Connection. I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, that movie is so sincere in everything that it does, even though, like, it's ob objectively just a, a corny, like, B-movie. Oh. Okay. You've got to watch it sometime, Steve. But, like, the <laughs> the there's something about just the joy coming through that movie and the absurdity of the band scenes that makes me want to, like, have a band. Mm. <laughs> you know, and want to go play <laughs> live music. And then, like, get in a fictitious, like, fight with a rival band for some reason. Like, it, it's all nonsense. It doesn't have anything to do with any sort of reality. But there's something 
about the joy of that movie that like makes me feel like it's yeah. a good music movie. I mean, even for, like my brother said something to me that has always stuck with me where he's just like, you know, there are people out there like, you know, you may have a lot of talents. So there are people out there who are super talented at music, like just like have it in their bones and have the passion to develop that as far as it can go. And you and I are not like that. He said to me, like, we, <laughs> like, this feels like a curse, but he's like, you know, like, we, like, have an appreciation for it, have a lot of fun with it, like, maybe aren't gonna, like, ever hit that, but that's okay. Like, we're, we have fun with it. And <laughs> what a, what a, what a, um, not, amazing thing to say what a not like insightful thing to say about music but you know what guys it's pretty fun it's fun it, like yeah. people enjoy it no but because like i you know i we i we watch uh my friends and i watch bad movies over um over the internet during this pandemic time and like it's a round robin thing and whenever a music movie comes up or a dance movie comes up like, even if the movie itself is objectively bad, you can feel in the chat that everyone actually loves it. Because <laughs> you can't... Like, like, there's this inherent quality to the music and the dancing that, like, makes you love it, whether or not... Like, the movie can suck. Who cares? Right, right. You know? <laughs> Sounds like... It's uh, like a got... Godzilla movie. You don't care that yeah. the Godzilla movie isn't that good. You want to see Godzilla stomp on things, and you're happy. Mm-hmm. I want to see him do the little dance. <laughs> yeah. and... it sounds like uh, you guys are big fans of Step Up 2, The Streets. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. this, all, this all, you know, thinking about music and the, the, the music mo- movies that have music in it, well, a lot of movies have music in it. Most of them do. Um, but I, it got me thinking about, <laughs> it got me thinking about movies where, like, music is a subplot, and it they it works in extremely like functional ways that build the story. So I just um, he's going to talk about Frozen. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan, you got to let this one go, man. Just let it go. No, um, I watched uh, Stranger Than Fiction the other day, mm. like a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's on Netflix. Go watch. Go watch it on Netflix, kid. Uh, I don't know. Um, but there's this whole scene where, like, Will, know. you know, Will Ferrell is in this uh, yes man kind of mode because he thinks he's going to die, and now his story is being driven by forces outside of his control but he decides he's going to do the things that uh, are things that accountants don't do like learn guitar um Mm -hmm. and there's this whole scene which actually i remember when i first saw this movie thinking it was really funny where he's in the music store and and they're describing like all of these guitars and it's like oh this the oh a telecaster telecaster twangy twangy country guitar oh les paul classic dad rock guitar and, and, you know, oh, Flying V, like, oh, that's way too metal for an accountant. And I remember thinking when I first saw this movie, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, yeah, the, <laughs> oh, that's right. All those guitars are just like that. And watching it now, I'm going, what? Uh, but none of that being the point, the, break, the breakthrough. <laughs> Where are you going with this? The whole breakthrough <laughs> in, the, in this movie is when he goes to um, Jake Gyllenhaal's sister's house, uh, what's her Maggie Gyllenhaal's house, and she, and she has a guitar, and and she, he's like, oh, do you play? And she's like, oh, you know. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. And then she's cooking or whatever as uh, she does, and he sits down and he starts playing the song, and she comes in and she's like, oh wow, like she has this moment where it's like this is this beautiful thing, this guy who's learning guitar and he's kind of a hack. Because he's learning, and everyone who's learning is a hack. That's just how it is. Um, but we all go through that. We all have had that moment, you know, when you're when you're playing. When somebody goes like, "Yeah, I, I know that song. Like, I know mm. what you're playing right now, and you're you're playing it right. You know, you're you're doing you're doing the thing that you yeah. set out to do. 
Yeah. And it's just like That's this good magical moment. moment. It, I, I had it that took you about movie. 15 minutes to get there, but it's a good moment. So let me tell, walk you through. Uh, <laughs> let me walk I you was, through. The, I, was, I was riveted. I don't yeah. know. So, I don't. So now let's walk through the building up to the guitar part in Dan in real life. My other favorite guitar. <laughs> part. Or as I call it, Pancake Pillowhead. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this guy. And it's, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we've done about an hour here. Is there any uh, final thoughts we want to have before we call it a show? I think we've done it. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Dan. We've done it. This has Thank been, you. This has been fantastic. Everyone uh, listening right now, go subscribe to the Flophouse if you haven't already. And uh, try out this little show he's on. They're, they're trying it out, the Daily Show. We'll see how it does, you know. You're not on it. You write Thank for you. it. <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, occasionally you hear my voice doing a voiceover for something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's been fantastic having you on here. Uh, it's it's weird for me hearing you interact with me when I've been listening to you for probably eight <laughs> yeah. years or something like did, that. Well, did, thank did, you. Did for that cover it? Me. Is there anything else uh, you want to promote? Or oh yeah. Uh, no, I I mean the Flophouse podcast is the main thing. If you want to go to Dan K. McCoy. That is, there's no way other to think of it than Dank McCoy on Twitter. <laughs> That's where I am. And you can see the uh, Twitter feed that so distressed my co host, Elliot Kalen, with its dumb jokes that he uh, and I did a case on Judge John Hodgman to, uh, <laughs> to resolve whether he could drag me on twitter or not so <laughs> that's beautiful I that's the only other thing i haven't been up on hodgman in a while so i'll have to go try to find that one it's uh it's actually the the bonus feed for maximum fun ah, i apologize if gotcha. if you were not a, if if you're not a donor, but uh, you got me with the but paywall. hodgman ruled in my favor so oh, nice <laughs> spoiler alert yeah there you go it's worth the uh, worth worth throwing some money at that to go listen to that then <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Steve, do you have uh, any housekeeping to do before we go? Uh, you know what? I'm just going to keep it simple this week. If you want to support the show uh, for as little as a dollar or as much as $58,000, mm. head on over to Patreon.com. We now have annual uh, annual subscriptions, uh, Patreon.com slash 60, 60 Cycle Humcast. And we do the annual subscription thing. You can there will save, be a link. Don't type in what Steve save, just said. Uh, 8%. <laughs> that was the right place. You said 60 twice. Yeah, I said, because the first time I said, I said, like, the first time I was like, 50. I was like, let me say this right. 60 cycle humcast. 60 cycle guys, it's humcast. okay. We did it. We I did like it. this tension. All right. Uh, what about a song? Should we, what if, what if we play, uh, you playing the Monster Mash? Because we usually play a song at the end. Are you fine with that? <laughs> I, I, I give you full permission. Oh, I don't, okay. I, if you need if you need a better version, I can send you. <laughs> yeah, send me that file when you send me this file tonight, and uh, we'll put Great. you playing the Monster Mash at the end of this, and I think that'll be a good button on the, there we on the go. episode. All right, bye everyone. Stay grounded. See ya. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from the slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash from my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to catch a jolt from my electrodes. He did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sound. Igor on chains back by his banging hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with a vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. This is the monster match. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a patch.
Is it the Monster Mash? Out from his carbon drag's hoisted ring Seems he was troubled by just one thing He opened the lid and shook his fist and said Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? That's <laughs> a great old smash! It's performed in a flash. <laughs> it's now a monster mash. Now everything is cool, cracks a part of the band. And my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this match which meant too. When you get to my door, till the bonus sends you. Then you can monster mash. And do my great art smash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can monster mash. Monster mash out. Monster mash out. Monster mash out. <laughs> <laughs>